Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to, a, I think, a special edition of the Eagle Hour today. We're glad you're with us. Bob Getty and Dalton Sanford in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson and Laurel at the First Bank Studio in Jones County. We're glad you're with us today. Opening segment of our show, as always, is sponsored by Justin and all our buddies down at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this program and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food that they cook in-house seven days a week. And if you've got a special occasion upcoming, church, family, home, office, maybe a Super Bowl party, you should sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. They'll cater a great, great special event meal for you and deliver it right to where you are. All right. Today, I think a special day. I've uh, invited two guys on the show that I have spent my adult life uh, reading their work and, and following uh, what they have taught me and, and teach us all in Mississippi about college athletics. Rick Cleveland is, of course, the uh, longtime uh, editor, sports editor of the Clarion Ledger, now a columnist with uh, Mississippi Today. Chuck Abney, my good buddy here in Hattiesburg, now with Pearl River uh, Community College, of course, the longtime sports editor of the Hattiesburg American. I want to set the table here, Luke, and uh, to our listeners around the state. As a guy that uh, as a guy that graduated from Southern Miss, always been a Southern Miss fan, and always been a big fan of, of college sports. I through year after year after year after year, I relied on the newspaper writings of Chuck Abbey and Rick Cleveland to keep me up to speed on what was happening with Southern Miss Athletics. Having lived a long time in the Mississippi Delta, I can tell you that you could get up, you could you could watch the TV on Saturday night during football season. You could get up and read the paper on Sunday. And if you didn't know better, you'd only thought there were two schools in Mississippi. It was Mississippi State and Ole Miss. It was the Clarion Ledger, and it was the Hattiesburg American that year after year, Saturday and Sunday after Saturday and Sunday kept me and other Mississippians around the entire state informed about Southern Miss football, baseball, basketball, as well as state and Ole Miss. But I can remember so well getting up on Sunday morning and there would be, you know, there'd be the full page article on Southern Miss football, the side articles, the columns. Uh, Then you could go, you could get your Hattiesburg American. There's Chuck's column. There's a write up on the games. It was just a real part of Americana, I think. Getting up on the weekends, reading the sports page was as routine as getting up, eating breakfast, and going to church on Sunday. I mean, it, it was just part of life. And now, unfortunately, those days, for the most part, are gone. So I asked Rick and I asked Chuck to come on the show today and talk to us about what happened. How did we lose such an important part of Americana, and that being uh, our Sunday sports pages and our sports columns, 
in newspapers. So we're going to start with our out-of-town guest, Rick Cleveland. Rick, we appreciate uh, very much you coming back on the Eagle Hour. And uh, so I'm going to just lay the first question out to you, Rick. How did we get where we are today in regard to the loss of something that was so beloved to all of us, uh, those you know, those weekend sports pages? Well, there's, uh, it's good to be with you all, too. There's just so many factors involved in it. Uh, you know, before I was the sports editor of the Clarion Ledger, I was also uh, the sports editor of Hattiesburg uh, up until 19, uh, July 1978 is when I left. And, uh, you know, back then we had five full-time sports writers at the Hattiesburg American. Uh, I don't know that they have one now. Uh, I do know. I, I do know that the Clarion Ledger is down to four full-time sports writers. When I became the executive sports editor of the uh, Clarion Ledger and Jackson Daily News, this was in the uh, uh, late '80s. We had uh, 27 people. God, <laughs> 27, and now four. Uh, that just gives you an idea of the manpower. That uh, what's happened to the to the workforce in the sports departments of Mississippi newspapers? Uh, there's there's any number of reasons for it. Uh, uh, number one is I think that uh, you know the corporate takeover of, of newspapers, where most used to be locally owned, uh, you know, with hometown hometown or home state ownership. Most are now uh, owned by large corporations. The two that you're talking about, the American and the Clarion Ledger, are both owned by Gannett. And and this is my opinion. They they serve uh, the shareholders and not the readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to uh, pinch pennies and make as much money as they can uh, to send back to their shareholders. Meanwhile, uh, the readers are the ones who suffer. Uh, and then the newspaper industry itself has just made so many bad uh, tactical moves over the years. Uh, first thing was giving away free on the Internet what they had always sold, you know, in newsprint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that... That led to losses in, in uh, revenue, which has in turn turned into uh, a loss of manpower and a loss of coverage. Uh, it's sad. It's, it's really sad for me to, uh, to look at the daily papers now and see what they've become and compare them to what they used to be. No question. Now, Rick, Chuck Abney's here with me uh, in Hattiesburg. And, Chuck, I'm sure that you're going to reflect on on what Rick said. And my question to you is, when, when did, at what point of your life did you begin to realize that the things Rick talked about were, in fact, happening? Well, I'm going to tell you, Bob, it, it, it's actually not that long ago, okay? Um, even when I, I left the American in 2000, we still had – five sports writers at the Hattiesburg American and and such and uh, I mean obviously social media has has come into play here and I, I know 
later on in 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 uh, life, our the young people have gotten to where they don't read they don't read the newspapers mm-hmm. anymore. But I, I'll tell you the the other things that probably hurt the Hattiesburg American uh, more than anything was uh, some of our larger advertising clients shut down. Okay, now I don't know if you remember, and Rick may remember this. You know, you remember Waldorf's. Okay, mm-hmm. you used to pick up the Sunday Hattiesburg American. And there'd be six advertising pages in there of what's going on at Waldorf's. Okay, and they ended up closing, and and we lost the, a lot there. Automobile dealers used to be big advertisers, and and they started going online with their advertising, and and. Uh, you know that that you know that played into uh, revenue mm-hmm. revenue streams for these newspapers. I know, Rick. I remember the Claren Ledger had uh, uh, what was it? Furniture stores that used to advertise uh, uh, four or five pages every every Sunday. You know, yeah, Miskelly's in particular. Yeah, uh, and 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 they, you know, they were big uh, mm-hmm. advertisers, and I mean that's where that's where the revenue. Uh, came from, but you know we started giving it away for free. Okay, yeah that 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 was where the right. decline started. Right. Rick, how, how was that decision made? That that what for hundreds of years you had successfully sold, which was the content of your sports pages. We're talking about sports here. The decision to just start putting it on the internet for free. It seemed like that was not a very logical move. It was dumb. I mean, I don't know any. I mean, it was like you. It, it. I mean, I would think most second or third graders could tell you that. I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know how it happened. I mean, I don't. It's it's just illogical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, but that's that's what happened. And 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 you know the later on the Clarion Ledger that. Uh, Hattiesburg American and other people tried to start selling it again, but by then the cat was out of the bag and it, and it, and it wasn't coming back in. And and then even when they started trying to sell it, they didn't do it in a they didn't spend the money it would have taken to do it right. I mean anybody uh, anybody could figure out a way to get around it and still be able to get the information for free. It just it wasn't it, it wasn't well thought out, and I've always said that. Unfortunately, the industry that I've been a part of was the worst managed industry in in, in America. All right. Well, I think this has had an impact on Southern Miss coverage, and I want to talk to these two legendary writers about that when we come back. Also, obviously, we want to get Luke involved in the conversation. We've got Rick Cleveland and Chuck Abbott, a special edition of the Eagle Hour. We hope you'll stay with us. Looking forward to the hour with these two gentlemen, and we'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank you for tuning in this afternoon around the state of Mississippi. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our buddies down on Hardy Street. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street, right across from the USM campus, or you can go to CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to Rick Cleveland, now of Mississippi today, and a Needs no introduction to sports fans around the state, nor does my studio guest, Chuck Abity, formerly with the Hattiesburg American, now with Pearl River Community College, talking about the change and the demise of the newspaper industry, and and now we're going to move to how that has affected uh, Southern Miss coverage. So, Luke, I want to get you involved in the conversation. I know you're younger than Chuck, Rick, and I, and so I don't know to what degree the Sunday morning sports page was as magical to you as it was to us but for us, it was a great loss, Luke, and uh, like to get uh, you involved in the conversation with Rick and Chuck. Yeah, I mean, even for me, when I was a kid growing up in uh, the mid to late '80s, it was a tradition. My dad would hand me a, a Claren Ledger, and and when I got to the place in the early '90s where I could read newspapers, he would say, "Hey, you need uh, to read this." You know, it was almost like reading Rick's column was like a Mississippi, uh, you know, tradition. And so I did. I, I grew up, and then when I began to play at Southern Miss, uh, we we really appreciated, you know, the coverage. Rick. Um, what what would you have done? I, I guess I don't know if it's inevitable with the rise of technology, but if you could have looked down the portal twenty years ago and see how much uh, technology would change the landscape, is there like one or two things you would have done in order to uh, prepare this so that we wouldn't see the fallout in printed media? Uh, you know, you know the one thing obviously I wouldn't have done is I wouldn't have started giving away the the product for in, for nothing. You know, the thing that uh, uh, that we have been selling for literally hundreds of years, and now we're going to give it away, that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing I would have done. And, and, you know, we talk about the circulation going down and the coverage going down and all that, and, and the fact that revenue's down, well, there's... It's that old question of what came first, the chicken or the egg, and, and I, I would argue, too, that cutting coverage back is what's caused the circulation to go down, you know? I mean, uh, I take I take one newspaper at my house now, and the rest I get on the Internet. The paper I take at my house is the New York Times, because obviously I'm not buying, I'm not buying it for sports. I'm buying it for world and national news, but there is no real good uh, source of sports coverage that newspaper-wise in Mississippi. That's just the way it is. You uh you and and you bring that up. That's a great point. There's been so much frustration um, in in Southern Miss and uh, when when the Claren Ledger quit covering Southern Miss or even if they did and, and it's been blamed by deadlines or whatever. But um, you know Southern Miss will have a big win. There'll be nothing in the and then what really galled everybody else is when the Hattiesburg American you know didn't have anyone covering. So you talk about you know people want to talk about just what you said, Rick. They want to talk about uh, circulation being up. Well, you, if you don't cover the pro- product, uh, you won't get any circulation that's right and you know and I, I i know a lot about this because the last guy that covered the southern miss and the hattiesburg american before the position covered southern miss for the hattiesburg american and the clarin ledger before the position was eliminated was was actually my son tyler that's right um, 
So, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. My, my, when I was born, my daddy was the sports editor of the Hattiesburg American. And, uh, and then later on, of course, my brother Bobby worked there, and then my son Tyler worked there. So I, I, I really have a stake in Chuck and I worked there together. Uh, it, it really, really, really saddens me to, to see what has happened. I agree completely. Chuck, uh, I, I, I just reflect what, what Rick just said, how, how sad it is. A, a newspaper man like you spent your whole life here. You and I have had these conversations so many times. You and I, lucky, we were on the front row of the heyday of Southern Miss football and Southern Miss athletics. What do you think when you pick up a paper like you told me you did Sunday morning and, and there's just virtually nothing about the local university in it? Yeah, that was uh, that was disappointing. I, I, told, I was telling you during the break, I went to Winn-Dixie and bought a Hattiesburg American, just happened to be sitting there on the counter, and I brought it home, and I sat down in the easy chair getting ready to watch the NFL playoff games, and I looked through the paper, one story in there, you know, and, and, and here we are with all these coaching changes and and the baseball baseball season fixing to start and what have you. But, you know, Bob, I go back, you go back to the heyday uh, of USM. You know, we had a we did, we kind of had an unwritten rule at the Hattiesburg American. Paper came out every day. You had something mm-hmm. on USM. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I think probably the best way I could explain that is is to say, you remember back in the day when Bobby Collins was there and Jim Carmody and MK Turk, we had stories on all the assistant coaches. We had stories about. Each of the positions, we break them down and what have you. Every day, you had something about USM athletics in our paper, in the Claren Ledger, every day. Okay? Mm-hmm. I honestly think when you look at the grand scheme of why attendance is down at, at USM, to a, to a small degree, not a large degree, but... Uh, to tell you the truth, Bob, I can't tell you who all the names of the assistant coaches are. Because nobody publishes uh, no, them. Nobody no publishes them. And, and, uh, uh, and I, you know, so I, I think you just, people have just lost interest, you know, especially the older folks. Right. Rick, how much has Southern Miss's athletic program suffered, if you think it has to any degree, from the lack of coverage it gets now compared to the day when when you and Chuck were writing columns two and three days a week and everybody was going to you guys on the weekends to hear about Southern Miss. How much has the athletic program suffered from the lack of that exposure? Yeah, well, it's hard to put a number on it, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's been critical to – I mean, it obviously it hurts them really bad I got to tell you, I mean, I know this is the Eagle Hour, and we're talking mainly about Southern Miss, but boy, high schools and junior colleges are getting—they get nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the Clarence Ledger, we used to cover Delta State, and Mississippi College, and Millsaps. They—you can't even find the scores now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just Southern Miss that's getting hurt by the lack of coverage. And I was interested to ask Chuck, who wrote the story that? The one Southern store that was in the Hattiesburg American. You know what, I, I, Rick? I can't. I can't remember. Uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't something they took from a press release at USM. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, it, it didn't have a it didn't have a byline on it. Uh, that tells you how much I That's can't terrible. remember. That's terrible. I can't remember exactly uh, what it was, but uh, you know, it, it, he brings up a good point about all the other schools. I mean, look what's going so. on. Look what's going on right now. Last night, Hattiesburg and Oak Grove played out at Oak Grove. And it, and they're the two of the best teams in the state this year. Okay, mm-hmm. and I had some friends tell me this morning they couldn't get in. They went to the game, couldn't get in. It, it was packed. Okay, Pearl River Community College played Gulf Coast last night, and Pearl River is ranked number three in the country now, which is a first. Played Gulf Coast last night. The the place was packed. Okay, and and Pearl River Chris Oney has a very good team down at Pearl River. You wake up this morning and nobody knows about it. I mean, if you, you get on Twitter, okay, but not everybody's going to get on Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm. and find those scores. They, it, so it isn't just USM that's more or less getting the shaft, so to speak. Well, you make a really good point about that, both of you guys. Rick, do, do, the, do the powers that be that run the gannets of the world, do they just not care about local coverage? Is that what we're seeing? I, I, I don't know any other way to say it. I don't know any other way to look at it. I don't know any other answer except that, no, they don't care. They absolutely don't care. I mean, how can you put out a Hattiesburg American newspaper without having a Southern Miss beat writer? <laughs> I mean, you just, I mean, it's just insane. It's, 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 it's crazy. It, it, there's no way it's ever going to work that way. It's, uh, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I would love to hear my daddy talk about it. Right. That way. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do, guys, if you guys will stay with us. I, this is so interesting to me. I'd like in the next segment to talk about the heyday. I'd like to talk about the days that, that Rick Cleveland, every Sunday, had a, had a column about the big football game in the state. Every Sunday, Chuck Abadie had a column about precisely what USM had done and the impact on the season. Because for guys like me, it's hard to describe how much we miss that. Uh, So we're going to continue our conversation with Rick Cleveland and Chuck Abadie, special edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're going to be talking about the heyday of newspaper coverage in Mississippi when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. 
We're back on a Wednesday third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Daily specials, lunch specials, $8.95 plus a drink. You can go by and see the 1987 NIT Championship poster featuring Casey Fisher all at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Thankful to be continuing our conversation with uh, two deans of uh, sports coverage uh, in Mississippi Rick Cleveland and Chuck Abadie, and uh, when we when we go back and we think about um, at what when you guys covered uh, Southern Miss in its heyday, and, and Rick, even you were uh, you were writing articles about the teams I played with in, in the mid two thousands. But I guess Rick, first and foremost, when was in, in your opinion one of the funnest times? Maybe a five year span of the funnest times to to write articles and to cover Southern Miss. Golly, that's tough because there was uh, there were several five-year spans. The Favre years were great. Before that, the Reggie Collier years were great. In basketball, uh, just covering, I, I was sports editor of the Hattiesburg American when MK got the job. He called me and asked me to come to his office and he said, what What can you tell me about this job? And I said, well, I think you're crazy, MK. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe they must be paying you a ton of money to come down here and do this. <laughs> Found out he was getting $19,000 a year. Wow. Uh, and then to see what he built it up to. And then, you know, to see Hill Benson come in there and create a, a, a baseball program where there really, really hadn't, hadn't been a real baseball program. And then the court, for Corky to take that over and build it into what he's done and see Scott Berry sustain it. But, I mean, there have been so many uh Great, great stories uh, there to cover. Yeah, you um, had you had Kay James doing what she did with with uh, yeah. Janice Felder and all them going to the NCAA tournament, and not just that. We, you can't forget the softball team. Right. You remember World Series? Courtney Blades when she was when she was pitching. Right. I mean, she was she was throwing no hitter after no hitter. Right. Yeah. Rick, back in those days when you were doing those columns, I, I'm going to guess that I know the answer to this, but but were you aware that you were the voice, that you were the source of information for Southern Miss guys like me up in the north part of the state? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I thought about it in those terms, but you know, I was I was in a position there for for a while where I was making the decisions on who got covered and who covered them and. And also, I had to make a decision every week on which game I was going to go to. Right, right. And I, you know, the decision was made. We were going to treat Southern Miss just like Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And uh, and if, if Southern Miss had the biggest game that week, that's, you know, that that's where I went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, while I was still in the decision-making process, they were talking about trying to combine, you know, have one person cover Southern Miss for the Hattiesburg American and the Claire and Ledger, and I fought that. I fought it uh, until the time. It, it, it wasn't that when I did become a columnist instead of the sports editor uh, and gave up the decision-making. At that time, we still had... Uh, you know, Hattiesburg American had their own beat writer, and Southern Miss had their own beat writer. In fact, there was a time when we had 
a beat writer for Southern Miss for both the Clarion Ledger and the Jackson Daily News. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but the, the the move to 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 treat Southern differently than Ole Miss and State, uh, it had be, it had begun when I was still at the Clarion Ledger. But I, I I have to tell you, and I think anybody would tell you, I fought it tooth and nail. No, I don't think there's any question about that. And Chuck Ebony, why has there always been that tendency to want to do that? To want to sort of make Southern Miss the stepchild when it comes to coverage and probably Southeastern Conference. Mm-hmm. You know, probably you know had a lot to do with that. But uh, you know, you had stadium sizes, you had bigger crowds at their mm-hmm. games, and of course, the things I missed back then were all those big games in Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we used to have those doubleheader games in Jackson that that were really great, and State would play the first game, Ole Miss play the second game. Yeah. So they 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 got a lot of coverage, and USM was competing against that. Right. And that was that, you know that was hard. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, but Chuck, they were they were winning. Yeah. I mean, they were they were competing against it, but what? I'm, I may have forgotten the figures now, but I think Southern won. Uh, like nine of the last 13 they played with Mississippi State and, and four of the last five they played with Ole Miss mm-hmm. in football. I'm talking about in football. Mm-hmm. Now, I when mean, you made, when you made yeah. that decision, Rick, that you were just talking about, did you was that strictly a professional decision? Or you, many people may not have known it back then, but but I was aware of the fact you were a USM guy. You grew up at Southern Miss. In fact, I think you told me one time you actually lived in the stadium at one point. Am I right about that? Oh yeah, from the time I was yeah. uh, four years old to the time I was uh, eight. So were you such a Southern Miss advocate because of your love and your connection with the university, or was it strictly professional and you felt like it was a professional thing to do? Oh, it was. I, I felt like it was the professional thing to do. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Because they were competing at the at the time. You know, all that time we're talking about, Southern Miss was competing against Ole Miss and State and winning. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, uh, and the crowd differences. I know it's way different now, but back then it wasn't that different. I mean, the Bobby Collins years. Uh, they were they were averaging close to thirty thousand a game at home. State and Ole Miss stadiums back then didn't see what they do now. I think Hemingway Stadium was like thirty five thousand, and Scottville was thirty four thousand, and they weren't they weren't out drawing Southern by that much back then. Chuck, you can remember going to those games in Jackson when State would play Southern or Ole Miss would play Southern, and the Southern side was just as full. Yeah, it was. You're right. You know, I mean, it was a professional decision. Uh, You know, honestly, if I was doing it again now, if I started as a sports editor of the Clarion Ledger and I had, uh, and the staff they had now, I don't think I could rightly do it that way now because the crowds are so different. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but again, you get back to that old thing. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, if, if, if I, I think the crowds in Hattiesburg would would probably be a little better if there was more Southern Miss coverage in the in the newspapers. Correct, Luke. Jump in here yeah. before we run out of time. 
All I know is one of the greatest things Rick Cleveland ever wrote was following a Liberty Bowl loss in uh, 2003. He said, how bad was uh, USM's offense today? The media sarcastically voted Luke Johnson the offensive <laughs> most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> and he recently brought that trophy to a remote we were doing too, Rick, where he could prove that to us. <laughs> well, you got to admit, Luke, on, on another day, that you might not have won that trophy. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to win that trophy at all. I didn't want to win that trophy at all. But, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this specifically um, for for both of you guys the coverage. My last game in two thousand five. Rick was writing uh, an article about me because when I was in uh, and when I was in college, every Tuesday night I'd go to the Forest County Jail with the chaplains and I would. Uh, do devotions and, and share and teach uh, with with the prisoners. And so what I guess one of the best ways to, to for me to think about the job that y'all did, uh, Bob, Rick came and for two days he just kind of talked to me at practice. We would, we would uh, you know, because punters don't do anything, so we had a lot of time to talk. But he just kind of tried to tell my story as a Southern Miss football player. And so it wasn't just, you know, like today both of you guys were talking about how somebody will copy and paste a press release and that's, quote, coverage. Rick yeah. like stayed with me for a few days and wrote an article, and that was what Southern Miss people ate up. It was that type of coverage. Right. Well, Rick, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'll always be grateful to you for the coverage you gave Southern Miss all my years up at the Mississippi Delta. And I know a lot of Southern Miss guys that always felt the same way. So uh, we thank you for that. And I want to thank you for sitting in with us today. I think it was a wonderful conversation and maybe one we can continue a little uh, a little more down the line. Well, I, I appreciate you guys, and uh, Chuck. I'll, I'll never forget those days when we were uh, two fifths of the, of the best sports section in the in the state, which was in Hattiesburg at that time. Oh yeah, we yeah, and, and you know we had, I mean we had good photographers, you know we yeah. had, had yeah. good writers. I mean we, you know those were those were the days. I mean I mean think back, Rick. I mean. That Sunday, Claren Ledger would be like 12 or 14 pages, and the Sunday, Hattiesburg American be 8 to 10 pages. And now the total paper isn't, <laughs> isn't you know. It's not no. that big. Yeah. The total paper's not that big. Well, Chuck, Chuck, when we when we hired Bobby Cleveland away from the Hattiesburg American, he came in and produced our Sunday sports section. And he had 22 pages. We had 22 pages, sports section. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that was amazing. That was amazing. Hey, Rick, thanks so much for your time, my friend. Right, we yeah, always, always enjoy talking to you. All right, Rick All Cleveland, right. everybody. Uh, Chuck's going to stick around with us. Last segment, we'll wrap up the Eagle Hour right after this. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day located on Highway 98 or go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can view all the new 
pre-owned and certified Toyotas, and Toyota, one of America's most trusted brands. Uh, go by and see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Appreciate Rick Cleveland uh, for visiting with us the first three segments. Chuck Abadie has hung around um, to uh, hang with us in this fourth segment. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, tennis starts out yesterday. Uh, both winners, the women tennis team, shut out Prairie View for uh to nothing yesterday. The men also defeated Prairie View seven to nothing. They will take on Alcorn State this coming Friday. Uh, there's a cool article up on uh, SouthernMist.com. For the next really three weeks, they're going to be reviewing the top ten games uh, under Scott Berry's uh, coaching that the the baseball team has won. Um, this one today is a 13 to 9 win over Mill Tennessee State. We trailed 7 to 5 in the bottom of the 8th in one of those Pete Taylor magic moments. So check that out on southernmiss.com. And then Bob um the scoop is reporting that Tony Pecorero, former defensive coordinator for Southern Miss, who left uh, Southern Miss to go to Florida Atlantic a few years ago, uh, reportedly uh, looks like he may come back and fill the vacancy that Derek Nicholson left mm. when he uh, went to Louisville this weekend. Pecorero was a really good defensive coordinator, and you put him and Billings back together, that that would be really good for the nasty bunch. So I guess when the lane train went to Oxford, he didn't get on board. Is that what I'm hearing? He was actually let go last year at FAU. He wasn't at I FAU this year. He was there the first two years. All right, speaking of that, Chuck Abadie, and since we're talking about uh, your knowledge of, of sports and your history with Southern Miss football, as a guy that had that front row seat alongside me during our heyday, and we've talked about that a lot, when you hear that Southern Miss loses his offensive coordinator because he can go to Georgia as an advisor and make more money, what do you think? Well, I think that's just proof positive of what's happening with the TV money, okay? Each of these Southeastern Conference schools are getting, you know, just like $35, $40 million when they divide up the pool and consequently their assistant coaches' pools at these SEC schools is just massive, okay? Now now, now he's, he's probably doubling his salary. As an advisor. As an advisor, you know, and I think he'll probably have some other duties mm-hmm. thrown in there, thrown in there as well. But gets his foot in the door, Southeastern uh, uh, Conference, you know, and you, you certainly can't blame uh, a coach for that. And you know, it just. But you know what, Bob? Down through the years, we've lost other people like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and whether it was Jim Carmody or Jeff Bauer, they went out and found people. They came in here, who were who became passionate, yeah. and and gave the program everything everything they could. Yes, they would. You know, it was a stepping stone. We we knew that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, but to to Coach Carmody and and Jeff Bauer and all them's credit, they recognized. You know, when they interviewed folks to come in and take those guys places. They could see something in those folks that they could contribute something to the program. No, they were not going to be, you know, make three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, I mean, heck, Jay Jay makes what five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his salary. You know, and uh, you know, who's to say 
going to Georgia, the guys may be making that mm-hmm. as well. Right, right. Look, did you when you were looking at the contract of the Mississippi State coach? I know you pointed out to me it was it was stunning how much money they set aside for the assistants. Yeah, it was. It wasn't just the pool. The pool is over four million dollars. If you look at the pool that Joe Moorhead had. Uh, to hire his assistants, and then the uh, the pool that Mike Leach has to hire his assistants. Just the increase that they gave Leach is more than the entire Southern Miss assistant pool. How do you compete with that, Chuck Abbott? You don't. Well, you, don't. You, you, you really don't. But, but Bob, go back to our heyday and stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Our pool for our assistant coaches was still behind those folks, not to the extent that it is right. today. Okay, and we competed. I, I think, guys, there's a there's an argument to be made, a very strong argument that Southern Miss is maybe only one of two or three schools that have done the most with the least. Yes. When, when I was there, we had uh, top two. Uh, I'm sorry, bottom two athletic budget. And you look at what we've done. I should remind all of our listeners out there um, that in my lifetime of 36 years, Southern Miss is undefeated against Ole Miss in football, two to nothing. <laughs> oh, there you go. And probably forever will be undefeated uh, against Ole Miss in football. Wouldn't you think, Luke, moving forward? Unless the lane train, as maverick as he is, you know, does something. So um, mm-hmm. that that is the the one hope. I just I just want a game. I I just want to play them. All right. I just want to play them once. Hey Chuck, I can't thank you enough. Chuck, as you know, if you listen to the show uh, regularly, uh, sits in with us from from time to time and, and guest hosts for us as well. And he's a good friend, and uh, we always uh, very much appreciate your insight. Well, I love being here, Bob. We it's it's never ending. It, it, there's always something to talk about. There we go. All right, Chuck. Well, thanks. Our hey, thanks. Bob. Yeah. 23 days until baseball until season. Until that first pitch. <laughs> Play ball. And until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.